Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And the only thing that we have to do is notice the exhortation, the commandment. Therefore, let that abide in you, which was from the beginning. And this, this word um, uh, is, is very important. We see it in John 15, where John says to us, or actually Jesus says in John 15, Abide in me, and I in you. Notice the, the, the unity, the oneness. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob continues on in John's first epistle in chapter 2. In this section, John explains how we abide in Jesus. Simply put, we abide in what is from the beginning when we stay close to our Bibles. If that was your environment when you were a young Christian, that's great. But if not, then put yourself in that environment now. This doesn't mean just knowing the Bible, but living it. When we're living in the simplicity of the truth of Jesus Christ, then we will abide in the Son and in the Father. And now, let's join Pastor Rob for today's message. Let's look in our Bibles today at 1 John chapter 2. We're going we're gonna to start in verse 15, but our, my hope is to get down through at least uh, uh, your bulletin says one thing, but the reality will be something different. Just so we can get into context, because we're supposed to be picking up in verse 24 today, but let's go back to verse 15 and, and just get the context of this passage. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world, the Apostle John tells us. If anyone loves the world, if anyone agapeos the world, really loves the world in a, in a really endearing sense, they're, they're just, they love the world. It's not just a, a kind love, it's, it's a real affectionate love. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him or her. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. Do you know that? The world is passing away. This world is temporary. It was always meant to be temporary. We know that this earth and this heavens, this current heavens and this current earth, the Bible tells us in 2 Peter and, and Revelation 22, And 21, it's all going to dissolve the fervent heat, but there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth coming. But this world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does, notice, does the will of God, not just knows it, but does the will of God, abides forever. And that word abide is very important. We're going to be looking at that today. Throughout John's epistle, we're going to see this word abide over and over again. And it's the same exact Greek word, meno, and it means abide, to stay to, to dwell, to, to, it's a permanence. 
But then he goes on and he says, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist, notice singular, is coming. Even now, many Antichrists, plural, have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, these antichrists, these, those who are opposed to the word of God, opposed to Christ and his people. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be manifest that they were none of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. And who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son, notice this, this underline this in your Bible, because there are many religious people who deny the Son, and they say, well, I I love the Father, I love God, but I don't love Jesus. Well, here's a wake-up message for you. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either, but he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So it all hinges on the relationship with Christ, doesn't it? Go figure. The Savior of the world. Therefore, and here's our passage today, Therefore, let that abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. Notice the conditional statement, if. What you heard from the beginning abides in you. Notice, here's the the result of it. You also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised to us, eternal life. And these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. So that means that we can just go home, right? The Holy Spirit's teaching us, so let's just go home. No, there's more to it than that. You know that. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has been taught you, you will abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, speaking of Jesus, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him born of him. And we may only get to that that much today. But let's go back into verse uh, 24. John says, he says, let that, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This word abide is very important. I've said it last week and I'll say it again this week. This word abide is, is a Greek word and it means to, to stay. There's, there's, a, there's an idea of permanence. There's remaining. You dwell. You continue and, and endure. Enduring is something that you do when things aren't easy. You, en- you have to endure, right? And, and that's what it means to abide in Christ. Even when all odds are against you, because believe me, all odds are against you. And everything in this world is against you. There is nothing in this world that wants to embrace you and your Christian walk. Everything is, the Bible says that the devil, he is the prince of, 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 he's the ruler of this world. And as such, he's not going to allow you, doesn't want you to abide in Christ. He doesn't want you to be abiding like here is the vine and the branch is sticking in. The last thing he wants is for you to be firmly attached He wants to come by with a chainsaw and cut that off. He wants to come by with a big pruner and chop it off so that you end up lying on the ground, frolicking and lying, wiggling and dying. That's the intention of your enemy. 
And the only thing that we have to do is notice the exhortation, the commandment. Therefore, let that abide in you, which was from the beginning. And this, this word um, uh, is, is very important. We see it in John 15, where John says to us, or actually Jesus says in John 15, Abide in me, and I in you. Notice the, the, the unity, the oneness. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. It must abide in the vine. Any of you who have a garden or or a tree out in your yard, you know that once you cut that branch off, that branch ceases to get life. It gets everything it it needs through the the, the stalk of the tree. Whatever plant, whatever flower, the same idea, the same principle. You have a a, a plant, and there's shoots coming off it, there's flowers. Those flowers are growing because the nutrients are coming up from underneath, and it's supplying it through the vine, through the main part of that thing and then supplying everything that is needed. And see, we are the branches. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And so we need to abide in him. And it says, therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. Are you abiding? Are you persevering in the faith? This word persevering, you may know what this word means, but it literally means to continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulty or with little or no indication of success. And that is perseverance. That is enduring. That is going forward when everything against you is coming at you. Do you ever feel like that sometimes? I know you do, because I do as well. Everything is coming against you, and especially today. Especially today, more than any other time in history, we are in a battle. Are you awake to the battle? Are you aware that there's a battle? If you have a smartphone, believe me, there is a battle. Because now we have the ability to peer into the world at any time, any place. And we're getting so much news, folks. We're getting so much news, and it's not good. Do you think you were designed to take in all of that and not have it affect you? Do you think that God made you so that you can handle that kind of input? It's coming in every form, through the internet, through audio, through video, through little little pieces of information through Twitter, little things on Facebook, all these things, Instagram. It's all coming at you, and you are just like this poor little innocent person, and all this is coming down upon you, all this information, and it's not good. It's not good. I love what, you know, I love my phone. And I love, it's a handheld computer. That's why I like it. But boy, can it be dangerous. Be very careful. Be very careful. Limit the time that you give to that thing that'll sap the life right out of you and your family. Be very careful. It has taken over our country. It has taken over the world. Be very careful. It's a great tool, but remember, it's a tool that has to be used with discretion. So never give up. This word abide means to persevere. Never, ever give up. You continue praying. When you're, when, when you're, uh, the battle's against you, and every one of you has a battle. Some are worse than others. You pray. You never give up. And don't ever give in. Don't give the enemy one inch. Don't give him one inch. Sever the ties with everything around you that is, that is drawing, drawing you away from the Lord. You know what they are. And be honest and have the courage and the strength and the fortitude to look at it for what it is and say, I'm going to make some hard decisions. You need to do it today. Don't do it tomorrow. You need to start today. Because if you don't do it today, you're not going to do it tomorrow either. 
pray and never give up or give in. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Endure, abide in him. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will they give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, being possessed by an an old nature, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to you who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Are you asking? Are you asking and knocking? The idea is, is continue to do it. So often I'll ask and I'll knock and I'll knock maybe once and I maybe ask only once. But you know what? If it's really important to me, if it's really important to me, I'm going to knock on that door and I'm going to pound on that door until somebody answers. And that's what the Lord is telling us to do, to keep knocking on that door until you receive an answer. It may be yes, it may be no, it may be not yet, but you wait until you get that answer and don't be satisfied till you do. And you can do that because God invites you to do that. And sometimes the waiting that we wait, when we're trying to get an answer, oh, the process in there, the time that goes on between there is the nuts and bolts of our walk with him. Because it's bringing patience, it's it's causing us to be patient. Something we resist, we hate. This culture hates patience. Patience is a word that nobody wants to hear. We want it now, we want it our way, and we want it right away. And don't delay, or I'm changing the channel. I'm turning the dial. If I press that web page and it doesn't come up within 2.5 seconds, I'm moving on. Do you know those are are statistics? I don't know if it's 2.5 seconds, but it's seconds. That web page doesn't come up. They didn't optimize that thing the right way. I'm moving on. I don't care what the information is. It was really important for me to look at it, but if I don't get it now, I'm moving on. What an awful, awful culture we live in. I love our culture, don't you? I do. I I love it so much. It's just so great, you know, I just can't speak enough good things about it. And of course, I'm being facetious. But are you growing in your faith? Are you growing? What elements in your life are at odds with your faith being strengthened? You have to be honest. If there are these things, find out what they are and get rid of them. If there is a relationship, if there's music that you're listening to, if there's books that you're reading, those little romantic novels, if they're causing you to sin, you need to get rid of them. If you're listening to music that doesn't glorify Christ and all you find is it's running around in your head all day because you've heard it on the way to work and and instead of that, you could have replaced it with something. Music is very powerful. Is there something that's drawing you away, seducing you? You don't even know you're being seduced. When I was a young person, I listened to all this heavy metal rock and I could list the bands and all you guys would go, wow, yeah, I remember that. And it's a battle. It's a battle. What's the music? What's the books? What's the news sources that you're viewing? The movies, are they tearing you you down or are they building you up? If they're not building you up, then get rid of it. You know, that was an interesting thing in Paul's uh, missionary journey to Ephesus, and it's recorded for us in Acts chapter 19, verse 19. The people at Ephesus, after hearing Paul and and just hearing the message that he had, which is so earth-shattering and so groundbreaking, So in opposition to their culture, what did they do? It says, also many of these people, verse 19, who had practiced magic brought their books together and they burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. You know how much money that is? The value of that is incredible. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. 
Are you filling your lives with so many things that you no longer have time to read your Bible and to pray? Is your schedule so busy that you can no longer come to church on Sunday morning? Thankfully, the answer is no to you guys because you're here. But there are many whose, whose lives are so busy, they've, 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 they've included everything. And, you know, it's amazing to me. Why is it that coaches, for some reason, they love to put their, all the kids' sports on Sunday? Sunday morning, when we ought to be in church, it can't be Saturday. Oh, no, because that's the time when the, when the children play. But now on Sunday, well, nobody really cares about Sunday anyway, so let's just pack them out with activities. Do we have time for the Lord anymore? Do we have time to fellowship? You know, sometimes these things happen, but, you know, even with jobs, you know, but there are concessions that can be made with an employer. Have you asked your employer if it gets in the way of Sunday or Thursday night maybe? Are you asking? Are you prayerfully seeking? Is there a football or baseball game or any sport that is keeping you from coming to church on Thursday evening or Sunday morning or Sunday evening? That's why there's DVRs, folks, a digital video recorder. You can record those things when you're away. Because here's the deal. We can come here and we can fellowship. And if we stay home and watch the game or whatever it is, we're missing out on something that we're doing right now that'll never ha- that, that we'll never get this moment back again. This moment is building you, hopefully, encouraging you. We're together, and there's more to it than just this. We, we fellowship, and we, we worship. We get in the Word. We, we fellowship out in the fellowship hall. So many things, good things are happening, and that'll never happen because there's something more important on television that I have to watch. We need to return to our priorities and rethink our priorities because it's not looking good. And I don't just say that, I mean, praise the Lord, there's great, wonderful people here, but in our fellowship and in other fellowships, these things are happening. Other things are more important than being with God's people and learning about him and learning of him, and even being convicted a little bit. I need that. I need that. So when he says in verse 24, Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. What did they hear What was it that they heard in the beginning? The answer is this, simply, to love one another. For God has, as God has loved them. You know, we don't have to guess because John tells us in his second letter, in verse 5 and 6, let me read it to you. It says, Now I plead with you, lady, now as though, uh, not as though I write a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning. Notice. And what was it that we had from the beginning? That we love one another. There there it is. Second John chapter 5. Or verse 5, I'm sorry, and 6. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. And where did this come from originally? It came all the way back in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. It's the very first mention of this, of this phrase, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It says in verse 18 of Leviticus 19, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your brother, of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That's what he says. I am the Lord. Love your neighbor. Boy, is that hard to do. It's very hard sometimes to love a neighbor. Perhaps it's different than you. We have all heard of the golden rule, and it's this. In Matthew 7, verse 12, it says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. This is the law and the prophets. Isn't that what Jesus said? This is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, Right? And the brother of the half brother of Jesus, James, remember in his letter that we just finished a few months ago, he calls it the royal law. 
And it's this, in James chapter 2, verse 8, it says, If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, and here it is, here's the royal law, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convinced by the law as transgressors. It's amazing that we can live right next door to someone for years and never get to know them or invite them over for dinner. I remember when I was younger, everybody in our neighborhood knew each other. And my neighborhood right now is getting, it's kind of neat because things are happening. And it just so happens that we're surrounded by many Christians, which I think is interesting because these things are starting to happen. They really are. We're getting to know each other, and I I love that. But for for most people, that's not their experience. You know, what has happened to us? What has happened to us? When did we become so cold as a culture and uncaring, even within the church, when we ought to be the most forthright, the most loving and giving? And maybe some of you are, and praise the Lord for that. Maybe all of you are. But I know in most neighborhoods, this is not the norm. This is something that doesn't happen. How is it that we can hide behind a computer a computer keyboard, and have some kind of pseudonym, and then we can criticize and hate each other on these social networks. There's no accountability. I can hide behind a pseudoname that I make up, and I can just blast people. What has happened to us? Has your family done this? Do you have people in your family that you have to block because they're so filthy, they're so morally corrupt? These things happen. What has happened to our culture And what will it take for us to not be so to each other? Well, we as a culture, and not not necessarily the church so much, but there's portions of the church, and maybe even sometimes in our own hearts we can get like this, but as a culture, it's turned its back on God. So is it any mystery that we see the things we do? Is it any mystery the hate that we see? You know, we've turned our back on God, and we continue to reap the consequences of those choices and decisions until we stop and we acknowledge Jesus Christ. Now, this is all not good news, (laughs) but there is coming good news. But we are to love one another, right? John, the apostle of love, he encourages us to love one another. Um, In Mark chapter 12, let me read it to you. It says, Jesus, it says, Then one of the scribes came to Jesus, and having heard them, the Pharisees, reasoning with him, perceiving that he, had, he, Jesus, had answered them well, he asked them, he said, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Notice, he said, The second commandment is also like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, there is no other commandment greater than these. So our love toward God and our love toward people. The Ten Commandments were like that. The first tablet, the first four commandments were about our relationship with God. The second tablet, the last six commandments were our relationship and things concerning our fellow man and the things that we would do against one another, like adultery and stealing and cheating and lying and and, and doing those things. And so the Lord sums them up in two things. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, on all these things hang the prophets and the law. Everything. If we can do that. If we can do that. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. This is a a passage we know all so well. But I want to encourage you to love one another. To love one another. To love 
your neighbor as yourself. And we all love ourselves because we, we, we bathe ourselves, we feed ourselves, we take care of ourselves, and we need to do that to others. And you may be asking, well, who is my neighbor? Who is my brother? I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.